Hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode two of Straight to Video, the new podcast from Hyperreal. Uh, I'm Tanner, and as always, I'm joined by the delightful Jenny Kay and um, the equally delightful David <laughs> I like that pause. Thanks. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about uh, the holiday classic, The Christmas Prince. Did I remember the title right? The Christmas Prince? No. <laughs> A Christmas Prince? It's One a Christmas many. Prince. A Christmas Prince. <laughs> Which made me think there are many Christmas Princes. There must movie be. so many times and I can't remember the title. It's <laughs> just a facet of the movie, I think. Uh-huh. I think it's that, um, I mean, there's, there's issues with the specificity, I think, all throughout this movie, starting with the title. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm sure that we will delve deeply into that. We, we will get to that. Um, so first things first, uh, on state of streaming, big news this week from Warner Brothers, who announced that they are going to drop all of their big releases for 2021 directly onto HBO Max. So we already so knew loud. that they were going to drop Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day, uh, just like Pixar is dropping Soul on Disney Plus on Christmas Day for free. But next year, we're going to get, you know, Matrix 4. We're going to get Dune straight to our computers. Was it, did I say something about dollars. Space Jam? Space yeah. Jam, directed by... Uh, oh, what's that guy's name? He's Terrence amazing. Nance. Terrence Nance. Oh! Ooh, uh, director of one of our previous Hyperreal featured movies. The, something about Outrageous Beauty. I can't remember the title of that film, but it's amazing. He's, he's brilliant. And... Kong versus uh, Godzilla, the second Suicide Squad movie. I mean, these are huge movies. Are they just not going to make any money? They're like, cool with that? I think that's the question. So the strategy is to secure the biggest customer base possible. Um, that's, I think, kind of like the unstated goal of the content wars going on right now. Uh, is just trying to... You know, foregoing uh, upfront, you know, theater money in order to develop the biggest, like, captive audience possible. Because mm. um, so they're the, going up against, like, Disney Plus and Netflix. Netflix and right. Hulu. Of, yeah. And uh, returns have been bad for HBO this year. Like, they haven't signed up as many people as they thought they would. They cleaned house um, and got new leadership a couple months ago. Um, and they also were responsible for releasing Tenet this summer uh, at the behest of Christopher Nolan, I think mostly, uh, which uh, honestly did terrible <laughs> in theaters. Yeah. Uh, I heard it made, I think, only $12 million domestically it's like, in its opening weekend. Wow. Yeah, it's in only 60 overall, uh, which is really bad. Um, so it's possible that they're overreacting from that poor decision, but... I mean, realistically, this is where we were all headed anyways. Um, yeah. And this is just speeding up the timeline. For now, what they're going to do is they're going to drop the movies straight onto HBO Max for a month. Okay. And then they'll be removed and we'll get their uh, theatrical distribution and will only be available in, to see in theaters for a couple months. And then they'll come back to Weird. HBO Max. Oh, they'll yeah. come back? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so I think the thinking is get people hooked. You know, they're dropping like basically like one big movie a month all year yeah. long. Um, and then like the super fans will go see it in theaters again after they've already streamed it. 
I just think it's been, uh, I mean, at the end of, I don't know, what can we say about this year? I guess it doesn't matter, but I think, uh, I think just seeing, you know, headlines, headlines across any website that, that touches on movies at all. I mean, has some variation of the headline, like, is this the death of movie theaters? Like, is this in one fell swoop has Warner brother just, you know, dropped the guillotine on every movie theater in, in the United States at least. And it's really just really disheartening to, to see that headline over and over and over again, especially when, I mean, like movie theaters are kind of our thing. Like that's, you know, that, that's, that's the one place that in, you know, pre pandemic times I was able to go sit for two hours and, you know, think to myself, I know that I'm going to go and escape, have a good time, have mm-hmm. a beer, have some banh mi hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> and now, I mean, maybe that's gone. Maybe that's gone forever. Well, we have drive-ins. We do have drive-ins. Which are kind of getting a reboot. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. That's nice. But yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there will be theater experiences again, but I don't know what theaters are going to survive another year. Right. Of this. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I guess we will see. Um, it's definitely going to change the kind of movies that we get. I That's... do wonder that if there's just going to be, it could potentially be a good thing for independent filmmakers or smaller budgets. Maybe, you know, we're not spending a half a billion on a Fast and the Furious movie. Maybe we can spread that around a little bit. That's the thing I wonder the most is, is that, is it going to spell the eradication of $250 million movies? Yes. It feels that way. Because they, they won't be able to, if there aren't theaters to release them in, they're not going to be able to make that big of a movie and have it be profitable. Sorry, Marvel fans. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, despite myself same. Not despite myself. I love those movies. I don't care. Yeah. They're great. I mean, fuck superhero movies. Yeah. Um, but it, it worked out neatly. Like, it's kind of nice having, you know, Avengers Endgame being, like, the last huge movie. That <laughs> Was the Endgame. Like, it's, it's, so, it's kind of a perfect, like, end to this era of movie going. Um, that's, that's, that's very true. Whereas, like, Fast and the Furious, you know, is... I don't know if they're going to be able to finish out their run, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're going to have to s- scale back... And they can't go to space anymore. Get more creative. They're not going to go to space. Damn it. <laughs> That's what they said they were going to do. That was the next frontier. I know. Yeah, maybe they can put together some stock footage, cobble together Gravity and Interstellar, and I'm sure Michael Bay has some <laughs> some, some, some cutting room floor <laughs> footage laying around. I would love to see a whole movie just made from cutting room floor <laughs> clips from Best of the Furious. <laughs> Dom yeah. looks the same in <laughs> all of them. He does. He already does. Yeah. He wants to do a Zoom special to end it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get a table read as can't wait. the finale. Okay, I guess we should get back to A Christmas Prince because it seems like we are going to have a lot to talk about. I think so. Um, mm. This is not the first Christmas movie it is not the first modern Christmas movie, not the first straight-to-video Christmas movie. But I, looking at where we're at in 2020, 
Um, it seems like this is kind of the Rosetta Stone of Christmas movies, of mm-hmm. the modern Christmas movie. Um, I mean, of course, it's basically just uh, all the most successful parts of the Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas movies of um, the aughts kind of retrofitted into one <laughs> something <interesting laughs> movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty tight. It's a really tight movie. Um, the script is great, I will say. A little bit of background. This comes out in 2017. 2017 was the year that uh, Netflix first gets into the like non-animated, non-holiday special Christmas movie venue. So they, they give us two original Christmas movies that year. Uh, the other one is like a weird Tim Allen crime Christmas movie. What? <laughs> Which is, oh no, it's bad. Don't watch it. It's not, it's not like even good bad. It's just, it's a skip. So did A Christmas Prince kick off the Netflix Christmas universe? Is this like yes. the first one? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so there, yeah, there were two Christmas movies that came out that year, and then they've, you know, this year they put out eight. Um, yeah, so this is this is kind of like the Nexus. Oh wow! It was a smashing, like astonishing success. Um, I think that people caught on to it pretty quickly. It's almost like this weird sort of like monolithic moment uh, in movie viewing history because it's taking one of these like niche. Hallmark or Lifetime movies and then setting it in front of a giant captive audience of like 60 million people. Most interestingly, looking back at the way it was received, it generated, you know, some think pieces about like uh, how women and are portrayed in these sorts of like Christmas and rom-com movies. But I think like the biggest takeaway is this tweet that Netflix <laughs> tweeted out. Uh, on December 10th, 2017, uh, this generated the biggest response, really, for the movie. Uh, on December 10th, 2017, Netflix revealed in a tweet that 53 of its subscribers had watched the film every day over the past 18 days. Um, so Netflix is famously kind of a black box. Nobody really knows how many people are watching these movies or how they're interacting with them. Um, Netflix doesn't tweet very often, certainly not uh, in the sort of like brand Twitter way that this tweet is speaking. And it's also like pretty mean, which <laughs> uh, a lot of people were offended by it and it generated a lot of like op-ed pieces, um, which is, you know, turned out to be brilliant marketing because then everybody, you know, watched the shit out of this movie. Also the same, this is the same year when the Netflix Twitter account revealed that someone had watched B-Movie 300 <laughs> and uh, 56 times over the past calendar year. Oh my god. <laughs> it was Which me. Is the best. Um, apparently it was like some mom who's just like her baby would cry unless B-movie was playing. Uh, which is a little bit disappointing. <laughs> Wait, did they out her, who it was? No, somebody came forward and Netflix confirmed it. Oh, that is wild. Yeah. That's truly strange. I loved I, I was I found this factoid as well when I was researching this movie and I, I was looking at it on the ringer and they had this great quote they said it's like one in a series of Netflix's arbitrary creepy habit of letting us inside the panopticon <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was such a perfect summation of it's that. so creepy it is truly creepy wow. it, that that sort of reminder that even though they're not you know they're not regularly talking about it they do they do track 
all of our habits in the minutest detail. Okay, I, I think that you guys have some thoughts about uh, the players involved in this movie. Um, let's start off with uh, the writers. Uh, yeah, so um, the one of the two writers of this movie, Karen Shaler, um, who... <laughs> We are, uh, luckily enough, going to have a video Christmas chat. I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, this is this is her name for it, a Christmas chat. Only because we don't know what a Christmas chat is, but I exactly. cannot wait to find out. I know, same. Um, we're going to have a Christmas chat with Karen Shaler uh, at some point next week. Um, she, she seems like a really, truly wonderful woman. I, I was watching a uh, some of her videos the other day, and I, I just had... Uh, she was talking about some of the the Hallmark execs that she she used to work with. She was talking about some of the things that they would say to her, which I thought was really funny. She said one of the things that they would always say is, uh, no snow, no go. So <laughs> if there's no snow in the movie, you know, it's it's not going to sell. So there's got to be snow for these Hallmark execs. The other, the other thing she said um, that they would say is, if I'm not crying, I'm not buying. <laughs> Everything is right. So I know, and so I was thinking. This raises the question for me: Are are the Hallmark executives business elves? I mean, I think oh. I, I I really like the thought of um, you know just a C suite full of business elves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think it's just really nice to think about. Um, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing I was um, thinking about in regards to Karen, she wrote a movie called Christmas Camp and now hosts IRL Christmas Camps, which we don't know what these Christmas camps are, but uh, but we're excited to find out whenever we have our Christmas chat with Karen on, on Wednesday. But she, another thing I found out was that her great aunt was born on Christmas Day at some point in the past and apparently was uh, legally named Merry Christmas Day. So Karen Shaler has a great aunt named Mary Christmas Day. Is that a first name? I think so, yeah. Her first name is Mary Christmas Day. Her first name Mary is Mary Christmas Day. Mary Christmas Day. Shaler. Maybe. Great this aunt. Cannot. So who knows what her last name is? But her first name is Mary Christmas Day. So really she was destined for this type of life. Um, That's not even something that you say. No, it's Have not. you ever said Merry Christmas Day? No. I've said Merry Christmas and it is Christmas Day, but... It is Christmas Day. <laughs> but not those two things together. Um, that's, that's what I had to say about, the look about Karen. on Tanner's face right <laughs> It's quite... It's love. Yeah. I, I did want to say one other thing about the... Uh, that I uh, was uh, discovering about kind of the budgeting of this. Um, so I was reading that, um, you know, a movie like this typically takes about is like a $2 million budget, um, roughly. And this article that I was reading was comparing this to say the crown, um, or to the witcher, which are two of Netflix's biggest, um, like TV series right now, which apparently each, um, each episode of those series costs about $10 million to make. So a movie like a Christmas Prince costs about 20% of the budget for an episode of one of these big shows and draws about equal viewership. So, you know, just back to kind of what you were saying about the profitability and the, you know, watchability of these things. It's um, It begs the question, like, why aren't we seeing more of this from the other streaming services? Yeah. Like, Disney Plus put out an original 
last year uh called like noel yeah it's real bad i didn't finish it the one with not bill Hader. what's it was bill Hader. was it he was yeah okay yeah it was not good no it was disappointing yeah hulu i don't think has put anything out this year well okay they bought the holiday movie from sony the one with case two which that was smart yeah but they, they didn't produce that one they just bought it from sony because it wasn't kind of get released in theaters yeah i'm surprised we don't see more of this i think it's because both this film and the princess switch were filmed in romania and so romania tax breaks it's those romania tax breaks that maybe the other services are not Mm. getting in on the only other tidbit i had about the other writer was nathan atkins who apparently wrote S. Darko. Have you heard of this movie? Is that the unofficial... Or it's the official sequel. Is it unofficial? Official? It's unofficial. It's an unofficial sequel to Donnie Darko. An unofficial sequel. How is yes. it possible? <laughs> <laughs> Did they not have the rights to Donnie Darko? I don't know. Is it I Donnie mean, Darko fan fiction? It's very possible. Mm. He brought the darkness to this script. It's the Fifty Shades of Grey of Donnie Darko. That is fascinating. I, <laughs> I really no want to watch it. it. Wow. Mm. Uh, well, 2021. Uh, look forward to our S. Darko episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's coming. It's coming down the pipeline. <laughs> now I think that we should uh, kind of cross over to uh, the actors involved. Who have y'all seen before? What have they been in? Uh, I I did a pretty, like... I don't know, thorough IMDb browsing on all of these actors in this movie. And the only one that I'd come across before is someone that I realized I've seen in uh, a ton of movies, who is Alice Krieg, um, who is the the queen in this movie, who I would say is probably, well, for my money, by far the best performance in this movie. Followed, uh, followed closely by Ben Lamb, I think. Um, wow. Uh, okay. This is, we could, we could we'll, talk. We'll I have yeah. thoughts on that, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm very firm in my convictions. Um, right. But Alice Krieg, who is the queen in this movie, uh, also plays the queen in a, uh, <laughs> a starkly different movie, which is uh, Star Trek First Contact. She plays the Borg queen. Um, which I just thought was fantastic I mean as the Borg queen you know she has she's connected to the Borg empire the Borg cube she's a um you know a valiant opponent to Jean-Luc Picard she's got that head that that pops out and has the kind of spider legs that'll crawl around just a really I mean haunts me to this day honestly (laughs) just incredible role um she was also I don't know who she is in these movies but she was also in Chariots of Fire no uh as as something she she's her acting around. career goes back to 1976 so she's been around for she was great she's been around for a haunting minute. haunting the other thing she was in uh that i wrote down is reign of fire that um you know deeply pre mcconaissance mcconaughey movie <laughs> he's bald what buff with tattoos I think the only time I've ever seen McConaughey look quite like that. Okay, um, I might have to watch and this. And Christian Bale, I believe. Yep. They play, they're kind of frenemies in that movie. Again, I don't know who Alice Creek is, and that maybe she's the voice of the dragon. 
Um, she is. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, a smog situation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's the predecessor to Cumberbatch. Um, she's but, also in the horrible Dinotopia. You watched Ooh, that? Yeah. Wow. Um, I haven't seen that, but I loved those books as a kid. Oh, it's, it's real bad. They, like, canceled it after, like, three episodes. Oof. Yeah. And it was a huge production. <laughs> uh, she's in the OA, which is awesome. Uh, she's in Deadwood, also. So, oh, genre queen. That's right. Yeah. My other... I, I've never seen... So, Rose McIver is uh, Amber, the kind of... I had seen her in something, but I don't know what it was. Yeah. Can you tell me what it was? Um, so she plays um, the undead. Oh, she's an eye zombie. Yeah, she plays the undead lead character, which is, uh, she's a doctor on eye zombie, which is, eye zombie's pretty good. I think that you have seen her in the sequel to Johnny Tsunami, is my guess. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Johnny Tsunami. What an artifact. I, uh, I just, I went and kind of glanced through her Instagram. Um, she, she did post the, uh, that, uh, image that's been kind of bouncing around on the internet, the, uh, um, Netflix Christmas universe taxonomy. Oh yeah. She's posted that on her Instagram, so it's legit. Mm. Um, she also, <laughs> this was the caption on one of her most recent posts. <laughs> Um, if you're a fan of nuanced, historically informative, painstakingly intricate depictions of monarchy, such as the crown, might I bring the A Christmas Prince trilogy <laughs> to the top of your list for educational purposes this holiday season. Educational. And, you know, it's, it, was, it was impossible for me to determine if this was a tongue-in-cheek comment or not, which I think is... Um, you know, part of the bizarre charm of a movie like this is, I, I think it's almost impossible to tell who, who of the, you know, production, both in front of and behind the camera is, is, you know, creating this film in earnest and how many are doing it with a wink. Um, and so I just think that this, <laughs> this quote is, uh, you know, such a perfect, um, like image of that bafflement that I feel when when watching a movie like this like is it is it are you are, is, I, it's impossible to say it's impossible to say <laughs> um who else do we need to talk about before we there are a lot of Brits in this the mm. the um the head like oh. the editor in chief was a Brit her like gay best friend was British like everyone's just kind of a Brit pretending to be American in this <laughs> yeah Do you, I feel like in Christmas movies or in these Christmas movies where there's like a fake country everybody's mm-hmm. British in a fake country yeah. everyone's in, British in the same way that everybody in high fantasy is somehow British. I was yeah, just thinking that it's like the, true. it's like the Lord of the Rings accent. It is. It's like, uh, it's like not a, it well, kind well, of adds, adds to the, the surreal kind of out of place. It's, this is like a Christmas country. Right. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the Christmas accent. Yeah. The Christmas, the high, high Christmas. High accent. Christmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
really the only people we need to talk about. Yeah. I, I, ben Lamb, I, I have not seen before. I don't think. I don't know. I've he seen was... him in my nightmares. <laughs> wow. He, he was... has the most evil bone structure. I just uh, he, was uh, he was in the Divergent series, which I haven't seen, but a lot of people I'm assuming saw that series. Mm. So he's a familiar face to some. Mm. I think the only things that I want to add uh, to the introduction um, are just came out almost exactly one year after Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are officially announced their relationship, mm. which I think is probably a, a pretty big factor in Netflix deciding that they're going to get into like the Christmas Prince game. And finally, the film's tagline used in the trailer, royalty, romance. And a really handsome prince. <laughs> He's her most important assignment to date. Ew. It's very ew. Um, that's a really long tagline. That's, that is not long. a tagline. That's, that's that is four, a subtitle. Four sentences. So he's her only assignment to date. Her only assignment. Um, and most important by default, but also least important by default. True. Uh, <laughs> and... That's yeah, yeah. Forget Fashion Week. What do you know about the royal family of Aldovia? The king died last year, and the prince who's supposed to take over is a total flake and scandalous socialite. Why me? You're talented, hungry, smart, and none of my regular writers can go this week. This assignment could jumpstart your career. Wow. I'm actually inside the palace. This is better than an exclusive. Get lots of video, audio, whatever you can grab. <gasps> Hi. You seem rather fascinated with my brother. I heard people say you didn't want to give up your lifestyle. What lifestyle is that? I don't know. Women, wine, and song. Is that what you think I am? I don't really know who you are. I hope you'll come tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? The Christmas Eve ball. What's going on? Complete makeover. What are you waiting for? Why are they staring? Because you look perfect. Oh, this is a lonely place for a king. Without a queen. Man, I was just thinking, it, her story must have been so bad for them not to publish it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so she had, like, had to put it on. Inside scoop of all inside scoops, and this magazine was like, sucks. <laughs> I have so much to say about this whole assignment. This is, uh, a sunk cost. Well, that's why she had to put it on Amber's blog. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. believe. It was called Amber's, Amber's blog. blog. In like a calligraphy script. This, no. okay, since, since we brought this up, we gotta go ahead and talk about this real quick, I think. I have to. Um, yeah, so she, so she writes the story, they don't want it. She creates her own website. This is apparent. She hasn't done this before. She's just created this website. It's 2017. She calls it 
Her name is Amber. She calls it Amber's Blog. As the title of her, you know, foray into the world of freelance journalism uh, is a calligraphic font that she types this in. Um, She gets, what was it, like 20,000 views. Likes. Likes from. Which is not great. That's not, it's not. For a a breaking royal story. It's not a lot. And also, what is her, uh, what's her mechanism? Like, how is she getting the word out? Who is clicking Live through? Journal. Who is clicking through she on their Google search? Never published anything in her life? Before. She never has published anything. Also, who is clicking through to something called Amber's blog? I this whole okay everything about <laughs> journalism in this blog. movie is <laughs> <laughs> is so weird in an alternate universe. Like the fact that nobody was free to go on an across like country trip for an assignment and they had to send her which would cost them so much money and Uh then to not publish it what is this magazine she's also an editor but is like she's as as they say as her friend says we're junior editors not writers which is (laughs) kind of like supersedes writers a little bit in the office it definitely does yet she has this guy being a total jerk to her i but don't know she complains about being an editor she's like i can't believe i have to edit this guy's story. that's like the goal like, that is your job yeah <laughs> you work at a magazine it was so weird now beat now beat, now or beat. was it beat now it was unclear oh, to me i didn't consider or was it nbw I'm instituting a new one-time game right now called Would This Go Viral? <laughs> I, I would like your thoughts on would this random post on a random Amber's blog break the internet? What was the title of it? Ooh. The Real uh, Prince or something? Something vague. Something appropriately vague to this movie. And it was just a puff piece about how great he is. Yes. It was, yeah. Would, so. would this go viral? No one even knows about this country. The fact that they even wanted to cover this at all is beyond me. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No, this would not go viral. What do you think? Oh, certainly not. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think Unless it was just like really bad. It would and go viral for like being bad. Laughing at her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people love like princes and shit, but... Uh, they like scandalous shit about princes, and they like talking shit about princes. They don't like yeah. pieces about princes. Well, so like, what's the scope of Amber's blog now? Is it prince talk? But she's like getting married to him. Insider scoops, royal scoops from from the prince's wife. From within oh, the, the palace. Mm. Oh, right. the king. Inside the palace, yeah. Maybe we should give a synopsis of what happens in this movie. Oh, please go for it. Me? Yeah. Okay. A plucky young woman (laughs) working as a junior editor falls into the assignment of her dreams. Oh, she sure does. Instead of this magazine simply reading the press release that will come from this (laughs) press conference in a far off distant land called Aldovia? Almovia. Albrook. Uh, what's it called? What's the country? Mm. It's one of those. It's something like that. Montanaro. 
Montanaro, <laughs> Genovia. I think it is Aldovia. She goes there. She meets the prince. He's disheveled. She somehow sneaks her way into the palace, which has virtually no security. None, none whatsoever. And gets to... They mistake her for a tutor that's supposed to arrive two weeks from that day. Don't check up with the agency. Don't get any paperwork She doesn't from her. fill out a W-9. There's nothing. No, no form. No <laughs> one looks at her license. No. She then tutors this child, wins her over, and she doesn't even is, she doesn't even say she's the tutor. It is suggested to her that she is yes. the tutor. <laughs> Yet she clearly doesn't know seventh grade geometry. <laughs> Cannot help this child. No. And she's just there to get the inside scoop on like, is this prince? His father passed away. He's supposed to take the throne. Is he going to take the throne or is he going to continue his wild, carefree lifestyle with a glue-on beard? Mm. I love the beard. And does, you know, romance ensues. Mm, it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> As do snowball fights. Oh, and she's from New York, maybe Chicago, and has her father has a very weird diner. <laughs> Her, this I I think we got we have to talk about the diner. Um, her father, her father who is has has for my money the most bizarre accent in the entire movie. It's seems baffling. I think <laughs> yes. I think someone had a note that was is like he, is his voice dubbed? Is he dubbed? Oh my god, that maybe that's weird? it. I it could be. I, it's I as like, if it's a it's not a human being speaking. <laughs> I feel like someone. Someone gave a note that was like her father needs to be from like, like the like a Cajun swamp, like please, please make her father like, <laughs> <laughs> like make her father the most baffling like mud man you can think of. Um, I, but my favorite thing about this uh, this feature of the movie is that she goes in. This is before you know that she's the daughter of this bizarre man um she orders uh two things a a coney island bloodhound oh no she says is my regular ready and the proprietor of the establishment says oh yeah your coney island bloodhound and a blonde with sand um disgusting which what do we think are in those two things what is a oh, oh it's, that's it's a hot dog so this is her regular this is her <laughs> This is her regular. I, I can't believe this is an adult's regular meal. It's so it's a hot one hot dog, and coffee with cream and sugar. That's her. That's her regular. A Coney order. Island bloodhound is a hot dog. Yes. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. A so, hot dog and a and a coffee milky sweet coffee. <laughs> so she orders these two things. And he rings her up, and it's four ninety five, and I just kept. I was thinking, this is, uh, you know, in this segment that we'll get to that we do on this show of what do these people do for a living, um, which we're in now. Which which, which, which we're is, in now. Yeah, we're yeah. we're in this segment now. Yeah. And I was thinking, in what diner in New York slash Chicago slash whatever city this is set in, is can you order two items for four ninety five? I think this is. You know, indicative of the people making this movie having 
you'd be completely out of touch with reality. I mean, this, these are these are like nineteen ninety <laughs> prices. Yeah, Christmas Town. These are these are high Christmas prices. <laughs> high Christmas. Also, his diner has like three tables. Yeah, it's a very very weird art that just says like Mexico. <laughs> that poster that just says Mexico. Yeah, that has to be like vintage ephemera or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it a... certainly has nothing to do with whatever else is going on in there. No, sorry. no it certainly doesn't. Um, okay, so we are in New York City. Uh huh. Um, the year is two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. They show images of Chicago though. Right. They do. Yeah. They. It was an accidental from the Princess Switch. They had lying around, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, how did that happen? Well, they obviously just had, like, B-roll from something completely. But it's all New York, and the final establishing shot is Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it... Were they trying to tell us something? I think it was setting up the Chris- Netflix Christmas universe. I think they're establishing that, that high Christmas... Uh, reality. Oh. It's, you know, it's something that I've read about in other, I would say, more intentionally, you know, created movies uh, where they'll use, you know, a city and call it another city in order to, or they'll use a city and like hint at it being another city to establish a kind of um, out of time and place quality to the film. You know, sort of like like Kubrick creating the Overlook Hotel and having the hallways that don't make sense if you map it. Um, right. So I, maybe conglomerating different cities together. You know, if it's not, it's not just a a cost, you know, cost cutting measure. Maybe it's we're creating the high Christmas reality. I would totally buy that. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay, and we know it's two thousand seventeen because of the king's tombstone. Mm, yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which ends in 2016. The yeah, it feels like 2002. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so he dies in 2016. And then this is next year. Last a year. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? So we know it's 2017. Did he die on Christmas Day? I think so. It, it seems like he died on Christmas afternoon. But why don't we know how he died? The prince wasn't there because the yes. last words he said to him were like at his hunting cabin before that. Yeah. Um, did something upsetting happen to the king? He died on Christmas afternoon and they don't talk about it. <laughs> this is like a, like a, Same family, with her mom, a family secret. Yeah. Something with an know. acorn, maybe? Yeah. Mm, there's an important acorn. Yeah. What if he choked on an acorn? Oh, my God. What if he <laughs> died from mm, from ceramic glazing fumes from all of... <laughs> from, from making his, that acorn? <laughs> from his favorite hobby, which is making Christmas ornaments for his family. By hand. By hand. <laughs> which, we'll say, there's an, there, the queen has like this special ornament that he made i guess mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. commemorating him and it's a giant acorn it is humongous it's the size of her head it's huge well it has to be big enough for a scroll right a scroll that's true yeah okay so we figured out what year it is 
I guess what the characters do <laughs> uh, for money. Reporter air quotes. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, reporter air quotes. The um, worst reporter. Yeah. She just wants to be a serious journalist, but is stuck at uh, NBW as <laughs> a junior editor. Um, now it's time for Ask Me Another, which is uh, where we bring forth any remaining unresolved questions that we have about this movie what burning burning questions do you guys have i have a question it involves um jellied meat oh the sound foley on that was disgusting it was, it was like... <laughs> David, where did you get jellied meat i just <laughs> yeah well you just pulled that out <laughs> we should try some i uh i, I keep some of my backpack it's the food that, of the royals the Look, I've never been to a fancy soiree before, but that didn't even look fancy. It had neon toothpicks in it with like atrocious olive, black olives on the tiny little plate. It was disgusting. They also had a fruit bowl somewhere that was just like bananas and grapes, which are <laughs> the, the shittiest fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the dragon I, fruit? Where's the I where's can, the lychee? Yeah, can you imagine just royals. seeing a queen just picking up a banana, peeling a banana, <laughs> and then walking around this party eating a banana? No, I literally can't. No. I just was very befuddled by that. And just generally the production design, I want to know where this was filmed because everything felt like a Hyatt lobby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question. Oh. So the... Uh, the kind of protracted meat cute in this movie is when um, the purported journalist <laughs> arrives in Aldovia uh, off the plane, goes to grab her taxi, um, is you know brushed past by this disheveled man um, who she of course doesn't recognize. She's angry about him. A- angry about it. She calls him a uh, a selfish jerk. But importantly, um, this man brushes past her. She's like, hey, that's my cab. He's like, ah, sorry. He gets in, closes the door, drives away. She yells after the cab, hey, you're a selfish jerk. She, again, with her journalist's eyes, does not see the obvious that this is the fucking prince. Um, She later, you know, after all of her hijinks of infiltrating the castle, again, it should be noted, he's wearing uh, one of those big floppy beanies, some, like, celebrity gigantic sunglasses a huge beard glue she, on beard glue on beard she she later uh, you know gets into the castle she encounters the prince in the castle he turns around to see her and he says uh you and she says it was you um you, you know of course the, the movie needs these two people to recognize each other to set some sort of stakes and to have you know to retroactively imbue this past interaction with some meaning my question is would they actually recognize each other? He's dressed completely differently. He's not wearing his beanie. He does not have sunglasses. She did not look him in the face as he rushed <laughs> past her into the cab. He was he was a back. He was a back to her. A back you don't forget. <laughs> I guess so. And he has shut the door and driven away before she yells at him that he's a selfish jerk. And that's the line that he calls back in that moment. So I don't think that... I don't Here's, think that they would I don't think that they would know that they would remember that moment. My answer to that question is 
Um, this country only contains about 500 people. <laughs> <laughs> it is made up explicitly of royals, servants, reporters, and orphans. <laughs> and so, of course the prince remembers her. There's only like 500 people, and she's the only new person he's seen. And um, she's American. Forever. Yeah. Uh, and she's very, yeah. Very uh-huh. similar to Princess Switch meet cute. It is. It is. I mean, are, I, I'm sorry. Are you guys saying meat cube? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they make the jelly meat out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's blended okay. meat cubes, right? I mean, yeah. There, there are there are a number of uh, identical story beats between t- these two movies. I think we will determine. So I have two more quick questions. Yes. One: What were her friends' names? Did we ever learn them? Unimportant. Okay. Number two. Well, co-workers. I don't... <laughs> they were her friends. I, well... She, yeah. Does she have friends? No, nobody has I mean, they seemed... Because she... Her, her one friend was, like, talking about setting her up and how she, like, will never let her set her up and stuff. Yeah. She's like, I've hooked you up with so many hot guys. Yeah, and she can't down. even I'm say her name. You. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what she says. I think that was true. I think they don't. I I think only people in Aldovia have names. Oh, once you get to Aldovia, you get once a you name. enter High Christmas, then you get a name. <laughs> you, it's like What's your High Christmas name? Mine. Yeah. Mm, Tristan. Tristan. Doesn't it sound? Uh, yeah, I think it might be. Okay, my second question is: What the fuck is a tutor school? Because <laughs> when Amb first meets (laughs) the child whose name i keep forgetting she didn't like refer to her correctly as like your highness or some shit oh yeah and the girl was like what did they even teach you in tutor school wow so there must be a tutor school (laughs) for when specifically when you're tutoring royal children i think so (laughs) and how to address them don't look them in the eye (laughs) she was so serious I wrote it down. What the fuck is tutor school? <laughs> they, I really love that. Um, they they set, you know, they set everyone up to have this really contentious. You, sorry, pardon the birds in the background. <laughs> the Christmas birds. Christmas birds. It's Christmas bird ambiance. Um, they they set these. So there's these three kind of central figures, which is the the kid, uh, Richard the prince, and then Amb. And they're all, you know, set up to have this kind of contentious relationship, at least with, with Amber. They, they do a great job of so tightly resolving all of their differences with a, with the archery practice. <laughs> they go Why in, is he shooting arrows from like 10 feet away from the target? <laughs> inside of the courtyard. It seems like a very dangerous place to set up an archery range. <laughs> A, t- a minuscule archery range. Also, this exact scene happened in Princess Diaries to Royal Engagement. Yep. Oh, interesting. Just saying. This isn't a question, but the bracelet that Princess Emily gives her is hideous. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. Um, when Amb is at the airport um, Wait, talking to her sorry, father. Sorry, dude. <laughs> is Amb an in-world nickname or is that yes. just... They call her Amb. You don't in the remember movie? that? I was dry heaving. They just kept <laughs> saying Amb. They wait. Who calls her Amb? Everybody. Amb. Everybody who's anybody calls her Amb. Her closest friends. Amb. Hey Amb. 
I think because I had subtitles on, it was like really apparent. Oh boy, that does not roll off the tongue. No. It sticks in the throat. Am's blog. Am's. <laughs> Wait, sorry, but Am something. So, Am is at the airport, and this is what she says to her father on the phone. At the airport, I failed, I bombed, I crashed and burned. Um, and security does not take her away, which I think is <laughs> um, wrong for the year 2017. Yeah. My next question is, is this movie an advertisement for Converse? Oh Boy. my god, the Converse. Well, and she... Old Navy, because I think that's where all of her other clothes are from. Yeah, that's yeah. where like the two tight cardigans are from. I hate the cardigans. <laughs> Nothing fit her poorly. At first I was like, oh, they just have to set her up before the makeover. But she goes mm. right back to it. She, she wore those Converse post-makeover. She wore them with her gown. With her, yeah. Oh my god. She lifts I screamed. The... <laughs> I screamed. Oh. Um, it, I mean, it must be. She, uh, I would say it's more notable than like the converse in Marie Antoinette. It's, it is shocking how many times they pan to those converse that she's wearing. They, they also never, they never verbally acknowledge it. It's, it's like a, it's like a nonverbal in joke between her and the kid, which I guess is kind of a nice detail that they shared something specific uh there's there's a deep lack of specificity in this movie overall but that that's something that is a specific detail she sure packed a lot of old navy for a a, like a one-day trip (laughs) (laughs) maybe Um, there's an old navy in aldovia that's the official clothing that's their chief export (laughs) (laughs) old navia old navia (laughs) God, that is where this movie takes place. <laughs> <laughs> That's where every this whole universe is in Old Navia. That's the name of the universe. <laughs> okay, my next big question is why are they playing Firing Squad? That was inappropriate. Is that why there are so many orphans? Is <laughs> because of Old Navy and Firing Squads? What is going on? Why are there so many orphans? Maybe there was... (laughs) There's nothing like Christmas without orphans. With only 500 people in this country, yeah, that means means a significant... (laughs) I mean, probably like 10% of this country is orphans. Yeah. That's huge. There must have been a... There must have been a coup or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like a recently attempted coup. Maybe when the king died. Oh. I mean, I think oh. so. A large percentage of the country's population was executed for trying to, you know, overthrow the royal family. Or I don't know why else there would be so many orphans. It is weird. We're also like we're supposed to believe that Prince Richard really cares about the orphans, and so he always skips out on raising money for them, <laughs> <laughs> so he can go play fire ant squad with them instead. Right. Which is... As mixed messages. It seems, like, counterproductive. Yeah, it seems like... He's not he gonna really cared, be a good king. Like, no. Yeah. He's not very good at... He's a duty shirker. Well, duty what shirker. does the king have to do? There's a Just prime show minister. up. So what is... Oh, right. Like, why does it even matter who's king? Oh, yeah. Mm. We should bring point. We should bring someone British on this podcast to answer that question. Oh, yeah. I do have a lot of questions about, you know the rules so like basically the 
the aforementioned acorn that was on the tree uh-huh. within it hides an acorn riddle <laughs> or there was an acorn riddle that led you to, that the, led acorn to the acorn yeah. that the previous king set up because as we find out the prince was adopted mm-hmm. and right. technically would not have um claim to the throne however his father before he died made a law but hid it in an acorn that yeah. he could be he could that rule seems like a really roundabout way to accomplish all seems of that like he didn't want his son to be king he made it very <laughs> difficult he hid it for in this a fucking acorn he hid it in, i'm like maybe that's the way of old navia you have to like you put your laws a whole year passes you put it in on the secret, christmas tree in a secret compartment well first first uh uh amb had to you, you know happen upon a a latch uh, underneath a desk in a remote cabin out in the woods that opened a secret compartment that held the riddle within it. This was a law that that king did not want ever found again. It was a drunken mistake. <laughs> where, no. did, where did the prince come from? Where did they adopt him from? The orphanage. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Or Stephen, somebody. So the queen pretended <laughs> they adopted to him from someone named Stephen. <laughs> A random on Stephen. adoption papers that looked fake. Oh yeah, they were clip art. <laughs> yes, <laughs> A lot of paperwork in this film. The paperclip shows up and clipping. Seems like you are <laughs> drafting an adoption paper. A royal adoption. <laughs> Any other questions that we need to get to? Um, I think that's enough for me. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard Interregnum before this movie? No, it's so... It sounds like a sex thing. It, it Was it made up for this movie? No, it's a real thing. Oh. It has a whole Wikipedia page and stuff. Oh. I'd never heard of it before. Um, it seems like it normally happens when there are like things like horribly violent coups Mm. um this one was just because the king died well it could have been a violent coup oh right it was a violent coup but it was an interesting plot device i thought it was a very high concept plot device for a movie like this not that it really mattered yeah like we don't care how she gets out there but they had to really go there but i don't know what happens when the interregnum ends like right it doesn't seem to matter. Like, it, at the end, they're pretending, like, the cousin has to get sworn in as king before the interregnum ends. But what happens if it ends? Maybe the it timeline resets. It just goes resets. to another family. Oh. Ooh, or the timeline resets. Interesting. Yeah. And maybe Christmas it starts is canceled. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. Mm. This is something that I wanted to ask about. I think maybe, maybe uh, an eventual addition to our games is... It seems like in this movie... I think in the Princess Switch as well. I, I imagine in several that we will, uh, you know, eventually watch through. I mean, so we all know uh, the concept of a, of a MacGuffin, just kind of a, you know, a seeming central plot device that in actuality um, is kind of a, a misdirect in order to get our characters into situations um, and kind of let the movie occur. I think in this movie, it seems to me like the entire plot of the movie is a MacGuffin um, <laughs> that, uh, 
you know, the, the central plot device of, of the interregnum and of, uh, you know, the, the countdown, the kind of suspense building countdown of, you know, the crown is lowering onto Simon the Awful's head and then they burst in and they're like, no, there's these other things. It's fine. The, uh, I don't know, like the artifice of this whole thing, it, it was, it was funny to me that the, that the movie places so much emphasis on this like MacGuffin-esque plot of like, is he going to secure the crown? I mean, obviously he's going to, that's not the point of a movie like this. The point is the two people fall in love and get married and whatever, but they do focus a lot of attention on the crowning. Amb is gone by the time the crown actually sets on his head. So the focus is purely on the crowning. It's very, it's very strange. Like the artifice of the whole thing and like the movie kind of forcing us to care about this subplot that drives the plot, but that we know will be resolved in a certain way. I, I, I don't know. I think like the plot as MacGuffin thing is kind of a, like maybe a theme among movies of this sort like like the baking competition i was just gonna say the baking competition was like oh we'll throw in a little drama there but it'll be resolved easily yeah and and we see we see in both these movies we see like uh like a wild celebration once the thing is achieved like once the crown comes down on his head the whole audience stands up and cheers we get several seconds of just a cheering scene which i think is you know draws us into like the celebration of this event and same with the baking competition but it's not the point of the movie it's it's strange to like focus so much attention on that thing i think so it seems like the plot is just like a framing device for the fantasy i think so i was i did get really invested when i found out he was adopted (laughs) that that those like 10 minutes kind of hit me did you cry? No. When he's like, it cuts to him and he's just like in a room, like facing a wall, like with his fist on the wall, you know, like <laughs> yeah. just being like man sad. Um, <laughs> that Yeah, I, I think I almost cried. Well, if there's no more questions, I think it's time to get down to uh, awards. Okay. Y'all ready? Let's yes. do it. Okay. Award number one, uh, it was the best of lines, it was the worst of lines. What line of dialogue is the most straight-to-streaming line of dialogue in the movie? I've got two. Um, <laughs> when, I can't, I can't quite remember the situation, but at some point when Amb blurts out, there is nothing loose about this goose. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes! Uh, I thought that was pretty nice. Um, I think my real favorite, though, is the... Uh, uh, the editor at the end, you, you know, in keeping with our discussion of the, the representation of journalism in this movie, um, when Amb walks in with her story and this editor uh, really leaning into certain words in this line, she says, you had the adoption papers in your hand. You really blew it big time. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the delivery of that line was primo. Um... I would like to submit a page of notes, specifically (laughs) notes 4.5. These are the notes that she is is taking on her computer. It kind of reads like a diary and proves just how terrible of a journalist she is. (laughs) It's all, each sentence is a bullet point. Mm -hmm. And I can read them to you right now. Please do. The prince is still reluctant. 
all capitals. Why? <laughs> it's more than just nerves. Second bullet. Have to find out I with two exclamation down. points. <laughs> Third bullet. Fear slash insecurity slash reclusiveness. Warmth slash family slash independence values over ambition. Fourth bullet. The prince is definitely starting to trust me, dot, 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 but can't seem like I'm prying. (laughs) Fifth bullet. I think I'm finally getting to know the real prince, dot, 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 so not what I thought, exclamation point. Sixth bullet. The coronation's almost here, but I still don't know the real story. She wrote that as a note, as a note that she doesn't know anything. And then the (laughs) final bullet is... I have to dig deeper. <laughs> the journalist and she manifesto. named the file article notes Richard Charlton dot pages. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, that's what I'm submitting. Okay, that's a good one. Um, let's see. I I know this isn't a line, but I I think whenever she reveals her Converse sneaker underneath her dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like basically the cheesiest line in the movie. I like um, just stay calm and be at one with the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real strategy for anything. <laughs> oh, what was the advice her friends give yes. her because she doesn't know math? She's like, I don't know about seventh grade math. I I think I have to mention, uh, but my career. <laughs> oh, oh my god! When she's oh my god when they're. Doing the thing at the end, yeah. What career? Yeah, I don't know. And he's like, I can give him his own wing at the palace regarding her father. Yeah. Or I can buy him his own diner in Aldovia. Or we could just pick this one up and move it. (laughs) (laughs) All suggestions which she she seems fine with. (laughs) Yeah. Which is is especially weird. I mean, (laughs) I do love the line. um, I can't, it's at some point there. I think that I, I want to submit this as a contender as well. Um, a palace is a lonely place for a king without, without a, queen. a queen. I wrote that one down too. <laughs> oh my god, that was really good. I love the, the um, palace is a lonely place for everybody in this movie. It's, well, <laughs> a big really empty sad. palace. I um, wrote this down, but I don't remember who said it. Who are you and what are you doing in my palace? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. I could be, be anyone. Uh, there's there's one line. I'm assuming I didn't write who down who said this either, but it's probably it's probably the prince. Your promises mean nothing. You're a traitor. <laughs> I thought that was great. I love that. I really like at the the, the end in the uh, with the the big reveal. Um, of the king's nut edict. Um, <laughs> someone that like is gross. Like, <laughs> don't ever say so that it again. happens like they un- like they read the scroll that declares that Prince Edward gets to be king. Uh-huh. And some which is just very clear what's happening. But somebody then says, It was in the acorn, the gift your husband meant to give you last Christmas before he died. <laughs> The exposition in this film, like, yeah. is Every, out of like we know that. Yeah. Um, but I, maybe it's because this is like a movie that is just supposed to be on in the background. Oh, that do remind you of the plot points every once in a while, right? Or in case you didn't get it the first time, it's like mm-hmm. it's like when you come in in the middle of a radio show and they say, "If you're just joining us, 
the edict was inside of the nut. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any other contenders for best straight to streaming line? I do I do feel like we have to mention uh where there's a tiara there's dirt. Oh, oh that was me. that was yeah. Yeah, that the tiara great. one. Totally. Um okay, did we do you think that we came up with a winner? What's the, what's the best line? Mm. I think if we're doing bet like most straight to streaming. Yeah. I don't know that tiara one's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It has, I think it strikes all the, all the points. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a kind of a wish fulfillment line. Um, it also like purports to be tied to real popular culture of the world uttered by a kind of a tertiary character. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, that one's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, I felt like the most, uh, awkward line in the movie <laughs> yeah. like I, it made me try to heave a little bit <laughs> um, which I feel like the most straight streaming line kind of has to do uh-huh. um, okay up next uh, does this movie have a montage okay Tanner <sighs> boy, I watched this movie with my friend Kathy and we screamed <laughs> because no makeover montage Is there's that what you're no no makeover montage. They set it up. They, they set, set it up. up. They bring in the glam squad. I'm like, this is going to be oh. great. Yeah, that hand motion. The uh, hand oh motion. God. The entire, they bring in the whole glam squad. They, they list out, they're like, uh, I mean, they bring in the whole like queer eye team. It's like, this person's going to do your makeup. This person's going to do your hair. This person's Here's gonna, all the gowns. Going to dress you up in the gowns. And then. I was like, man, we're in for it. This is going to be yeah, great. Yeah, I was doing like <laughs> it's because the the montage would have just been us seeing her lace up converse and then someone put an eighth grade amount of black eyeliner. Oh on my her god, eyes. that's what I wrote down when she. I was like, it, I was very confused when she walked down the stairs. I wrote down, is her makeup even good? It's an old no. navy makeover. She it's looks just like awful. you know what she looks like. Oh she god. looks like that Miley Cyrus meme. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just Simon so disappointed. Is like, well, she cleans it nicely. <laughs> was he being sarcastic? I no. I think they were serious. I mean, he basically falls in love. He's supposed to fall in love with her, seeing her all glammed up, and it's just like not only did they not give us the montage, which is like, why are we even here? Uh-huh. Then we see her, and it's terrible. So it's, it's not bad. even a good makeover. Oh, I was I when I tell you I was disappointed. That was it's, the most confusing part. I think of that that was the most confusing part of this whole movie to me was seeing her walk down the stairs with that makeup on when we were you know promised a makeover montage did not receive it a princess would never i was like they i know this movie has uh i I don't know makeup artists production designers i mean there's there's like well appointed scenes in this movie like like the the scene when they're um making cookies uh Mm. like that kitchen is great like that's a really nice kitchen um so there you know there are moments in this movie that are tied to like real elements of design in the world and for them to botch her makeup post makeover and these are like the royal glam squad right like they and would never else... give that freaking raccoon eye to the <laughs> queen everyone else looks great she's the only yes. one yeah she's the only one 
That was a prank on her. <laughs> that they little her, girl. They gave her one of those black eye telescopes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right before like, she walked this, in. Look through this with both, both of your eyes. <laughs> That's how I put my makeup on. <laughs> Just apply it to tubes. <laughs> look through them. Oh my god. Okay. Horrific. So there's. So we didn't get the montage. Then no. there's not really a montage. There's no movie, other right? one. To there's there's the same, the same as as there's in the, the Princess Switch. There's the establishing montage, which I, um, I thought, I, right as the movie started, I was like, oh wow, they're playing "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" as the opening song, and then and then it was not "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," and I was like, oh right, this is this is an off-brand "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," but there was the montage, the yeah. establishing high Christmas montage yeah right I would say that the snowball fight after the bobsled incident is like mm. montage adjacent because they go slow-mo for slow-mo. a second mm-hmm. which is montage adjacent I yeah think. I agree I um, agree yeah in kind of like the traditional like Eisensteinian sense there's a lot of snowball communication in this yeah what snowball were they communication like later they're like throwing snowballs at the diner window oh Oh, yeah that's all prince edward wants to do is throw snowballs he communicates purely through (laughs) Through snowballs (laughs) and quivering he does a lot of like he does some like quivering but yeah so many snowballs okay controversial opinion i believe based on your reactions when i said this earlier but i think that richard acts circles around amber Oh, okay. oh, well, if I we're think, just yeah. comparing it to Am, okay, then okay. yeah. I thought he, you were I thought he was, his charm levels were off the chart. I was, uh, I was super duper charmed. I was more charmed by him than the prince in A, a Princess Switch, who yeah, was yeah, yeah. a wet rag of forgettable. It does help that he gets to look good. He doesn't have to have old Navy raccoon eyes. Like, <laughs> when he had the glue on beard, it was great. horrible. He's often wearing two sweaters at once. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like double sweat. That's what I like. Good. Honestly. He he looks he really good. He definitely looks he looks better. Okay. Um so montage game. Disappointing. 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 Um, chapter three, uh award number three, straight to streeping. Which performer delivers the most big picture or movie star performance? Alice Creek. Yeah. Yeah. I think without a question in my mind, her uh very regal. I think I think the best I think the best acting the best straight to streeping acting delivery in this movie is when um uh they come back from the, yes, the sled. Yes, I was just about to say they that. They come back from their sledding excursion. She, you know, acts angry but then she's, you know, classic uh it's the first time I've seen my daughter smile in months and then she says Oh, did, do, you, do you all have this line written down? She says something... Uh, I happen to know my way around a bobsled. Toboggan? Oh, she said she bobsled. She does say bobsled. No, I happen, she does. I happen to know my way around a bobsled. I know. The history... The multitude's contained in that line. I would love a it's whole... A horrible... Like, <laughs> she she crushes it, though. Like, I yeah. was scared for them. Yeah. When she first came down, yeah, I was yeah. like, she's, you're going to get fired. She's like, she's like, better bring me out next time. I'm a great bobsledder. Yeah. I thought that was. Great. And she walked wearing her little velvet dress, mm. and I was like, "Get it." Yeah, she knows. Yeah, it. she looks good. Mm-hmm. I think she's the hottest person in this movie. Oh uh-huh. yeah, when they were at the party with the jellied meat, I was like, stunning. Yeah, 
what is your skincare routine? <laughs> Seriously. I got to say, my other, um, a, a minor moment in the movie, but one that I thought was noteworthy, um, when they're at the, uh, at the press conference early on and some, some random reporter delivers this line in this manner. Does this mean the prince is abdicating to the throne? <laughs> and oh, yeah. I, I thought, man, a lot of the light readings in this movie would make so much more sense in a cartoon than they do in a live <laughs> yes. action movie. Yes, this would be a great cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it's like Beauty and the Beast. Uh huh. I absolutely had that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, Alice Krieg. Alice Krieg for sure. Alice Krieg. Yeah. Unanimous. Great. And uh, award number four. Guess who's coming to dinner? Which character are you bringing from this movie to Friendsgiving dinner? Who goes first? You can go first. Sounds like you want to go first. <laughs> He's ready I mean, to bring I'm, these people I'm to dinner. I'm sticking with Alice Krieg. I think uh, she is my favorite in this movie, for sure. I think she would bring a, um, you know, that kind of balance of, uh, like, gentility and levity that I think would really... You know, make a Friendsgiving just go off. I think I might bring Am's dad. Mm. Ugh. Um, you know, he's just like, he's got that chili recipe that um, <laughs> he's talking about. I know they normally eat corn dogs for Christmas. Right. Um, but he's apparently got a famous chili recipe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fun to later try to uh, figure out where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, like, party game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he would be great at, at Friendsgiving. He speaks only in platitudes. Oh. He's got like really gentle dad energy. Yeah. I'm, I'm very into. You've it. sold me. Y'all took the best ones, so I'm just gonna bring uh, the uh, the acorn as table decoration. Wow. Yeah, I love that. All right. Um, now it's time for chapter four getting down to the games uh so first up we have 23 and me um wherein each one of us are going to uh propose two movies that we feel that this film is the most indebted to and then we'll vote to determine the genealogy of this movie i guess i'll go first um i think that this movie is most indebted to first up never been kissed Mm. um i watched that movie last night for the first time was it because of this movie? It wasn't, but I, after watching it, I did. That was one of my two picks as well. Wow. Fascinating. Okay, and I was tempted. So, okay, I thought about Sex and the City. Mm. I thought about Beauty and the Beast. I think I'm going to go Beauty and the Beast because of uh, the glue on beard. Because so of my what? Two are the glue on beard. Because of the glue on beard. Oh. <laughs> um, so, Never Been Kissed and Beauty and the Beast. Those are good. Um, I had, as I mentioned earlier, Princess Diaries 2, mm-hmm. Royal Engagement. Yeah. Several scenes from that film are in this film. Smart. Um, and Parasite. Whoa. Tell us more. I just feel like she, you know, she gets there in this home she is lying, first of all, mm. to be there, tutoring. Wow. There's uh-huh. some mystery going on in the house. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's intrigue, yeah. I don't know. There were just a few moments where I was like, this is like Parasite. Mm. Yeah, so uh, 
interesting because Parasite came out, you know, after this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, they could have seen I'm a script. It. Yeah. I don't know. I like the doing. I like the behind the scenes conjecturing that 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 you know brings up. If I'm just like, what else would be in this universe? Mm-hmm. There's a very clear like classist hierarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if this is like High Christmas. Oh, and I think the clincher is the dungeon. Yes. Right? They have the wow. dungeon. Which we haven't talked about yet, and which we don't know if it exists or not. There's a lot of talk about dungeons. There's for, a lot. That's there what I'm saying. Like, if to this, be no dungeon. If they would have <laughs> let our boy Nathan, who wrote the sequel to Donnie Darko... Oh my god. Really oh, flex yeah. like there are pages on the floor of him <laughs> yeah. exploring this dungeon and getting real dark with this movie. You're talking about that darkness, yeah. Oh, damn. He brought the darkness and they Netflix was like, no snow, no go. <laughs> <laughs> what rhymes with dungeon? B- Bumgins. Bumgins, yeah. Curmudgeons. I mean we were talking about fan fiction of this movie. There's probably a Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic treatment of Christmas Prince. Who would be the... Would it just be them? But, like, doing shit in the dungeon? Yeah. What is? What do you think he does to her in the dungeon? Mm. Just stuff with acorns. <laughs> Gigantic head-sized acorns. He wants to fuck an acorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... He dresses her up in a giant acorn costume. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And just shoots arrows at her. Oh, they do say that he loves playing William Tell. Yeah, which is not what he's doing. He's not doing that. No, he's not. No. Um, he's and not nobody in this movie should be playing William Tell. They're, no. Um, they're all very bad. The precision, bad. The precision is not there. No. Uh, Okay, David, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> um, is it okay to double down? I, I mean, Never Been Kissed was on my list. Wow. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, so I had Never Been Kissed. I was thinking through other movies um, like Notting Hill for the... Uh, I don't know. I know there's a lot of these, but this is one I watched recently. The kind of normal person falling in love with a famous person. Bridget Jones. I think there's some mm. crossover. Uh, she's got her kind of coterie of friends that kind of guide her through the situation. I, but one notable difference here is right, no one has friends, right? We talked about that. Yeah, no one, yeah, has, no friends. one, has, no friends. one has friends. So I think that that um, next to those movies for me. So the one that I picked <laughs> was um, uh, Iron Man. Um, I think, uh, I mean, this is partially because when I was, I was driving the other day for eight hours and I listened to, uh, eight hours worth of the binge mode Marvel podcast Oh yeah. while doing that. So I, it's kind of been on my mind, but I think, um, you know, it seems, I think this movie is a pretty clear bid at jumpstarting a, a Netflix Christmas universe. Um, yeah. I think it you know, it pretty meticulously sets out a lot of these elements that are like templateable and like copyable. Um, and it kind of leaves, you know, creates this high Christmas situation where there can be crossover. And, and as we see, there's now, you know, eight or nine movies that are all interconnected in this Netflix Christmas universe. Um, which of course was 
the the design of Iron Man was to kind of you know kick off uh, now what was like a twenty three movie franchise um, that's all interconnected. You kind of have to see everything to be a completist to to know the whole story to like get all the in jokes to catch all the cameos and references. Mm. Um, I and I think I think the function that movie was designed to serve is very similar to the function of this movie. So I'm I'm going with Iron Man. Iron Man and, and Never Been Kissed. Okay. Uh, let me also throw, maybe I'll, I was just thinking of 13 going on 30, mm-hmm. which also feels like she works at a magazine. Yeah. She is, you know, and I feel like Amb is kind of the 13 year old self in a way. <laughs> And then she she's, like so she's thirty going on thirteen. She's thirty going on thirteen. <laughs> it's kind of a little switcheroo. Uh-huh. Um, it just feels like that same era of like blog culture, and everything mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. so bright and hopeful. Yeah. All right, voting time. Um, mm. I think I technically can't vote for Parasite because it came out afterwards um, but I, I like that a lot um, but I feel good about Princess Diaries 2 and Iron Man so that's what I'm going with alright Tanner what was you said Never Been Kissed and what was your other one Beauty and the Beast um, I'm going to go with Never Been Kissed and Princess Diaries 2 I'm also going to go with Never Been Kissed and Iron Man and the results wow this is Great, very symmetrical, very um, pleasing. So this film is 33.3% Princess Diaries 2, 33.3% Never Been Kissed, and 33.3% Iron Man. <laughs> I think that's fucking spot on. That's great. I, I think that we really uncovered uh, what's going on behind the scenes here. Yeah. Mm. And last up, the fantasy draft. Oh my god. What everybody's here for. Right. So last time, we determined who was going first by calling Jenny's dog and seeing who Willie came to first. Um, we, we should know, we're all, we're all quite socially distanced in this environment. We are in the same place, but... Yeah, very much so. How should we determine who goes first this time? What was our... Um, oh, our, our uh, best straight-to-streaming line mm-hmm. was... Uh, what's the line? The tiara, the dirt. Where there's a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. I think... Whoever can deliver this line in the best high Christmas accent gets to go first. Oh, God. Well, who decides? Majority. Don't make me do this. (laughs) Good, Jenny's disqualified. (laughs) All right, we're just going last. I'll be the judge. (laughs) You'll be the... Okay. Okay, read the line one more time. Okay, Jenny goes second. How about that? Yes. Um, All right. Where there's a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. Where there's all right. Do y'all need some time to practice? No practicing. No practicing. Okay. <laughs> you don't get to practice your life. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Alright, uh Tanner. Where there's a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery in the house. That was good. Alright, Jenny, what you got? Uh uh-uh, you're doing it. I'm Jenny's the oh, judge. you're judging. Judge. Yeah. So. Oh, she's going second. Wins, she's going to go first. Got it, got it. Whoever loses right. goes third. Mm. <coughs> mm. Mm. This is your game. So if you lose, it's going to be really embarrassing. Uh, all right. Well, there's a tiara. There's dirt. Trust me. 
That was real snobby. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was oozing. Oh, God. Mm. Mm. This mm. is hard. Completely mm. different takes. Just because of the twinkle in his eye, I'm going with Tanner. Ooh. Fair, fair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's well, well thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so I have the first pick. Um, and if you haven't joined us before, we are each going to create a fantasy sequel to this movie uh, by drafting characters or elements from this film. It'll be a snake draft, so I, I'll go first, Jenny will go second, David will go third, and then David will also go fourth, Jenny will go fifth, I'll go sixth and seventh, Jenny eighth, David ninth. So, a lot of pressure on me here. Yeah. I get to pick whatever I want. This is really tough. I'm going to pick the castle. Damn, that's my, that was going to be my, my first pick. pick. Damn. Wow. wow. Well, you're, I'm taking you Alice. You in there with that one. You're taking Alice? Yeah. Wait, Alice. Uh, the queen. The queen. Oh, Alice Creek. Yeah. Alice Creek. Wait, Board so you're queen. taking the castle. Board queen. Yes. All right, castle, board queen. Um, just, just the queen from this movie, not the actual board queen. Well, I'm going to make her board queen in my movie. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Uh, mm. All right, so I have two picks in a row, which means I can sort of plot out my sequel. Yeah. Um, all right, well, my first pick is going to be the kind of the villain, the villain couple. Um, oh. Simon and, well, I don't know, whatever her name is. Mm. Sophia. Sophia, yeah, Simon and Sophia. I'm, I'm deciding that they're a package set. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, the, the villain couple. Yeah. I'm taking them, and uh, I think I want to take the, um, can I take the, the ghost of the king? Uh, yes. Sure. Okay, yeah. so I'm taking them and the ghost of the I king. I have no idea what you're going to do with it. My, oh my God. well, I guess we, I guess we'll kind of go over, I, I guess yeah. I need to know what's available. You should reveal your strategy right now. Okay. Jenny is just dying to ruin your movie. <laughs> I cannot wait to ruin your movie. Okay, so I can't ruin my strategy. Just no, yet, you just but, shouldn't. Uh, oh, shouldn't. I, I yeah. can't and shouldn't. This is a competition. <laughs> oh, right. It's a game. Oh, okay, my God. So that's what David. I got. Villain couple and King's Ghost. I think it's telling that nobody has picked any of the main characters. <laughs> I got Alice. Yeah. But she's the best one. She's, she's our streep. Probably what, like sixth build no i mean they probably gave her like fourth build on this she movie. is the queen she should be first build the queen yeah okay it's my turn mm. it is your turn can i take nathan atkins the writer oh wow mm. yeah yeah of course. i think so okay yeah the um, darkness i want the darkness for my board queen <laughs> wow interesting um oh this is tough so i've got the castle I know that I picked this last time. If you say Christmas. But I'm going with Christmas. God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Well then. Okay, so I recap of the first two rounds. I have chosen the castle and Christmas. Uh, Jenny has chosen uh, the queen and Nathan Atkins, uh, writer of S. Darko. Uh, and David has chosen Simon and Sophia and the ghost of the king of Old Navia. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And I get to pick next also. I forgot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, 
Ooh, it's really tricky. I think that I'm going to pick the royal staff. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, I, I'm envisioning a sort of Christmas time murder mystery, much like Gosford Park. Mm. Um, I think could be really interesting. Maybe, you know, a little bit of Parasite going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a, like a really beautiful castle. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, like the kitchen is beautiful. I want, I want some shit to go down in the kitchen more mm-hmm. than just Christmas cookies, you know. I was Christmas tempted to pick order. the wolf, but I don't. There think was some that real peril in this movie. I was surprised. Yeah, but that's my movie. I love it. Um, sort of a whodunit, high Christmas. High Christmas whodunit, a classic mm, tale. Good bottle castle movie. Yeah, I love it. Forgot. Love it. Okay, uh, Jenny, you're next. Okay, so I've got the queen who I'm making my Borg queen mm-hmm. in my film, which will be written by Nathan Atkins, writer of the unofficial Donnie Darko sequel. And as a third plot device, I'm giving him the jellied meat because... <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm envisioning kind of like a really dark and twisted flubber situation. Ooh. <laughs> I love that. Dark flubber. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i got that's my movie so it would be the unofficial sequel to flubber exactly that's what you're saying yes um yes dark flubber i love dark flubber all right david Mm, i i don't i don't remember why exactly but I, i feel like i liked the prime minister i thought he was a nice like bonding element throughout the movie i think what i'm (laughs) <laughs> kind of, maybe that's not a great pick <laughs> no I'm going what is I don't your care. movie David? I'm going with the Prime Minister I, uh, I'm, I'm envisioning like um, you know the uh, Sophia and Simon kind of married under um, strenuous circumstances so I imagine there's something that there's probably some like uh, hijinks that occurred so I'm envisioning a sequel wherein they can't get divorced um, and there's like royal ties that bind, and so they have to uh, they have to you know deal with each other. Um, they're kind of presided over by the king's ghost in like a a sort of like Hamlet situation. Oh. Um, and the prime minister just shows up every once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> just walking in the background. Yeah, he's you know he's a he's he serves as the bonding element. Uh, Which movie would go viral? Oh, interesting. Dark, I mean, dark definitely Dark Flower. <laughs> That's clearly the winner. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I love that. Great job, Jenny. Um, okay, well, uh, anybody got any closing thoughts? Oh, I, I think my last thing was just a note for Amber, which is, as an undercover journalist, turn off the fucking camera sound on your phone. Oh, my God. She, it was so loud. The way she took photos is this she's never done it before. Yeah. I mean, there's that note online where she's, in several of the shots, she's covering her the aperture on her phone with her finger entirely. <laughs> she is not. She is. Yeah, there's pictures. Oh, my, my other... I forgot to mention this line earlier. My, other, my last favorite line in the movie was um, uh, in their first tutoring session, um, the little girl's like, you're probably thinking, poor little girl. And Amber's like, actually... Brave little girl is what I was thinking. 
and, and that girl took that line so well. She she really appreciated that. And I was thinking, I don't think that any person, no matter their age, would appreciate like that that turn of the phrase and that delivery of that line. Just being called a brave little girl. I'd love to be called a brave little girl. I don't know. What you're I, I stand corrected. That whole scene was so strange to me because I felt like the girl was getting set up as like this bad kid in a way or just like really difficult yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just took like an ounce of giving a shit about her for was, her to completely be obsessed with with amber I was there like, was uh, yeah it's disappointing how little resistance there was to amber uh she's clearly not not the, competent the, the not tutor. charming yeah she Pretty strange she made her way in quite easily and my my last there was just one other thing that made me laugh. The uh, at the coronation, <laughs> they've got a they've got just a naked mic stand up at the on the front <laughs> of the coronation. It's like a it's like a coffee shop open mic night. <laughs> open coronation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's one wall. Uh, it's just a very there's a couple of odd production details in this movie. Uh, I thought that the 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 blackout eyes. And the naked mic stand at the, you know, the coronation for this, like, royal situation was quite funny. I also wrote down the mic stand. Yeah. It was so bizarre. It was really out of place. I had a hell of a time watching this movie. It was great. Oh, yeah. And Netflix, you know, putting not that much money into something. It's just like, like you said, it's a background film that delivers on this fantasy. Yeah. Christmas fantasy. And yeah, in that way it succeeds. Yeah. The Christmas, I, I would say... I guess like a millennial fantasy of like just going somewhere and being swept up into the royal family. Is that is that new? Is that is that a feature of fiction throughout time? Yeah, I mean, look at Beauty and the Beast. It's like yeah. the whole concept of like a girl always wants to be a princess, which mm. sounds exhausting TBH, so yeah. not my fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, of course like Prince and the Popper, there's yeah, um, I mean, that's true, yeah. The Prince and the Poppers, um, the John Waters remake, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh my god, um, yeah. I think it's pretty time worn, honestly. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, we decided this movie set out to be like the Iron Man of Netflix Christmas movies, and clearly, it has succeeded. Right. Um, we, you know, last year gave us the third Christmas Prince movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't the know royal baby. Yeah, the royal baby. We don't know if there's going to be a fourth one. Um, mm. We didn't. This is our first Christmas Princeless year since 2017. But yeah, everybody's still talking about it. It's a wild success. Yeah, I think that's it for episode two of Straight to Video. Definitely reach out to us at you know on our Instagram or at you know hyperrealfilmclub at gmail dot com with any sort of questions or comments. We'd love to hear what you think about our dark flubber and if we should make it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was dark flubber. <laughs> just bouncing around in here. Supposed to say dark flubber. I don't think um, I said it three times. I think I'm fucked. Oh my god. Um, well, anyways, join us next week for episode three, where we are going to tackle. The Christmas setup starring Fran Drescher. <gasps> yes, we are. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. yes and yes. <laughs> yes and yes and yes. Mm-hmm.
All right. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Merry Christmas Day. Merry Christmas Day. Merry Christmas Day. <laughs>